Federal News Network's Open Season Hotline, presented by GEHA. Today's question, I just had a baby and I have a GEHA plan. How can I add my infant? If you have a GEHA self-only plan, you can change to a self and family enrollment or a self plus one enrollment. You can do so 31 days before to 60 days after you gave birth. If you already have a self and family or a self plus one, add your child by providing a copy of the birth certificate, name and social security number to GEHA's enrollment department. If you gave birth at an in-network facility, benefits are payable at 100% of the plan allowable for labor and delivery. Check out our open season hotline presented by GEHA. Head over to federalnewsnetwork.com and search open season hotline. Send us your questions. We'll read the answers daily at six past the hour here on the Federal Drive. Two big missions will keep the newly renamed Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency busy over the next couple of months. The security clearance backlog is still important, but it's no longer priority number one, since the end goal is nearly in sight. The DCSA now focuses on the ramp-up of continuous evaluation and the eventual transition to continuous vetting. But as Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco reports, the agency is also laser-focused on a second priority that's often overlooked. The Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency says it's planning to more than double the number of security clearance holders that it has enrolled in continuous evaluation in 2020. There's about 1.4 million people enrolled in continuous evaluation today. The goal, though, is to enroll 3.6 million in CE by the end of 2020. A lot of this, though, is contingent on a few upcoming policy releases, which the Office of the Director of National Intelligence and DCSA say should be finalized really any day now. The president is supposed to sign a national security memo that directs the Office of Personnel Management and the ODNI to essentially start modernizing the credentialing, suitability, and security clearance system. Once the National Security Presidential Memo is out, the ODNI and OPM will issue their own executive correspondence. It'll direct agencies to stop conducting periodic reinvestigations of their clearance holders and move toward continuous evaluation capabilities. And those upcoming policy directives will help push the Defense Department and intelligence community to transition from continuous evaluation to the next iteration, called continuous vetting. Charlie Phelan is the director of the Defense Counterintelligence and Security Agency. That really sets us up for, and as we put all that together, is what in this vetting world is a, not, it's a future goal, but not a distant future goal, and that is to become really ready for continuous vetting as soon as Valerie and her team tell us it's okay to do that and make that more formal through the, through the process. But this, I think, is, is one of the biggest sea changes in how we think about trusted people in, in easily the last 70 years. The defense and intelligence communities already have a big presence with continuous evaluation. The Defense Department has its own CE program that pulls in unclassified information through a series of automated checks. DOD will eventually tap into high-side data capabilities from the ODNI's own CE program that the initial Pentagon one doesn't have yet. The ODNI program checks for red flags on a clearance holder's credit or financial transactions. It can also search for suspicious transactions, foreign travel, or even potential links to terrorism. Enrolling more clearance holders into continuous evaluation is a big reason why the DCSA and the National Background Investigations Bureau have been able to cut the background investigation inventory from 725,000 
to 267,000 within the past year and a half. In the past, clearance holders typically went through a periodic reinvestigation every five to 10 years or so. But today, DCSA is directly enrolling clearance holders, typically up for those periodic reinvestigations, into its CE program. Ned Fish is the deputy director for DCSA's Defense Vetting Directorate. So as we look at that risk-managed approach, we're focusing on getting people to work by prioritizing initial adjudications and also be working those cases that actually do have risk in them, CE hits, incident reports, and the derogatory PRs. So if if a person is uh, deferred at adjudications, know that that person is in CE, they retain eligibility, and um, there's little to no risk in that case. Defense and intelligence officials say it'll be continuous evaluation, eventually called continuous vetting, that will help DCSA answer a big question. Who do we really trust? That's the first of two key questions that are really central to the agency's mission. Here's Phelan. Industry, cleared industry, which is providing a lot of that technology that is giving this country that edge. How do we protect that critical technology and keep it from compromise? And everything we do in this organization answers one of those two questions. In fact, frequently, it answers both of those two questions. Because a lot of what we're doing here, all the moving parts that are in this organization, whether it is investigations, whether it is adjudications, whether it is a counterintelligence activity, whether it is industrial operations, whether it is uh, building an IT system support, all of this stuff, whether it is all the training that we provide across the spectrum for a number of different people, all of that goes to answer those two questions. Do we trust the people that are in here, and do we trust that we can protect that critical technology that is in the classified world today may expand, as as Gary suggests, beyond the world of classified into some other things. So what exactly are those other things? Gary Reed is the director for Defense Intelligence. We're leaking out technology to people that are actively seeking it in a very systematic way. And again, where I come from, you know, we call this uh, going after soft targets and executing a death by a thousand cuts, and it's right out of any insurgent playbook you could ever look at. And that's the environment we're in to some degree in the commercial economic technology space with some very sophisticated adversaries. It is a systematic calculated effort. It's multi-plane, multi-vector, looking at our vulnerabilities and our commercial economic trade, export controls, academic research, laboratories, how we control information. All of that is basically a feeding frenzy for those that would seek to exploit seams, exploit our research development and acquisition process, and really systematically target our people, our programs, our facilities, and our information. And within all of that is really where we land on our efforts to upgrade on our Critech Protect. Critical technology protection is the other key mission for the DCSA, and it's one that hasn't nearly gotten as much attention as the security clearance backlog has been front and center. Reed says DOD has a critical technology protection task force that's been focused on the supply chain, physical cybersecurity, cyber IT, and the human domain. The department is working on a public version of a critical technology program list. DOD already has a secret version of that list that has 147 critical technology programs. Here's Reed. We did not have one single rationalized, prioritized list. We had multiple versions. We had a joint staff version. We had an r version. We had other versions. So this uh, effort uh, in March really solidified that we have one list. The intent of this list, as signed out by Deputy Secretary Norquist, was to focus our protection measures and our security resources in this space. 
All in all, defense and intelligence officials say they're pretty pleased with how the stand-up of the new DCSA organization has gone. The security clearance transfer, and now the transition, all happened in the middle of some pretty big leadership changes. A new director at the Office of Personnel Management, a new defense secretary, a new acting director of national intelligence, and a new acting deputy DNI. Here's Reed again. I'm very comfortable that despite all of that, the day-to-day, steady as she goes, driving towards progress. First of all, the strategic priorities have not changed for us with Secretary Esper over where they were with Secretary Mattis or acting Secretary Shanahan. Obviously, my boss has been the same throughout. But all of us that work this every day, myself included, uh, Charlie Phelan included, and others, Bill Evanina, Dustin Brown, the team here, we've been fortunate to have a lot of stability in that area. So had it been different, and frankly, thanks to Charlie for his stabilizing uh, influence to stay on board uh, to uh, run DCSA, that was huge. Uh, it's not total chaos. It might look like it sometimes. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. What will it take to conserve 10 billion acres of ocean, 1.6 billion acres of land, and over 600,000 miles of river? What will it take to protect and restore natural habitats in over 70 countries around the world and in all 50 states here at home? What will it take? You. Together, we will make it happen. It's in our nature. See how your gift can help at nature.org. The Nature Conservancy. Protecting nature, preserving life. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.